Section 15 of Loop Guru. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Loop Guru by Eden Philpotts. The Ruby Hummingbird, Chapter 6. So the brimming cup is snatched, as with trembling joy we raise it to taste. And six weeks after Dulcie MacDonald's accident, her father knew that his queen of granada would never see the light again the dust shot had terribly torn her little face and dimmed her blue eyes forever heaven relented somewhat in this matter for the unhappy girl only knew that she was blind but never guessed how much of her beauty had vanished too jim winter did not cut his throat or go out of his senses though his maker alone knew how nearly both circumstances overtook him he lived on in a dazed crushed condition while from time to time uninvited dr macdonald went down to comfort the poor wretch and assure him of his victim's forgiveness and bitter sorrow that he of all men should have brought her harm face your life my boy said the old doctor don't stop to think that won't mend it work like a demon and do good it might have been even worse you know what i mean my precious girl's got some brightness in her life yet thank god there is a shield but though dr macdonald did not know it granada pitied mr winter a good deal more than it pitied a shield for m Gada had not comported himself to the entire satisfaction of his fellow-men of late nor had he shown under misfortune as might have been hoped it created little less than a scandal when the frenchman challenged jim winter to fight a duel and asserted that his accident was not as fortuitous as it appeared but jim refused to fight when he heard of gada's position the challenge and the news of Achille's engagement reached him through the same source at the same time, and though just then he might not have minded a ready means of exit to oblivion or eternity, the second tremendous fragment of intelligence made any acceptance of the first impossible. Time hurried forward and m Gada discovered some curious facts as dulcie grew stronger again he found out that love is a condition largely influenced by circumstances and that the quality of it varies very much in different hearts he took it for granted that his own passion had been the true sacred fire and was accordingly pained to find that love depends much more upon mere external and superficial trifles than he imagined dulcie once said you promised to think for me achille now you will have to see for me too i am happy in that for you find so much more beauty in beautiful things than i used to had she been able to note the look on her lover's face just then the girl might have said more he was thinking that beauty is an enormous factor perhaps the first in love he was reflecting that the world holds no more pitiful sight than a face which has been beautiful and is so no longer 
he felt her parents did her a wrong and him too in not mentioning the change it was cruel to hide it from her he almost wished she could know it then at least dulcie would feel that what was a satisfactory engagement before now amounted to rather a noble sacrifice on his part it aggravated his position that the girl clung to him so closely now and that even her parents did not seem to understand upon what a man's love naturally depended but achille was humane and honourable he visited villa caprice with regularity and determined to raise no questions of the future until opportunity should offer and miss macdonald be quite strong and well again then as they sat one day where he had quoted french and explained what a glorious thing man's love can be when the heart is big and true dulcie settled the question for him at any rate he considered that she did so i sometimes wonder my dearest she said whether you feel quite the same to me as you did before i was blind you see i cannot look up into your eyes and read all they might tell me i am going to see a terrible thing a shield such a terrible thing that i don't think i could say it if i wasn't quite certain what the answer would be my pluck's all gone now but i will say it then i shall be happier put your arm round me love press me quite close while i speak even to think the words frightens me more than the great darkness did at first he put his arm about her and waited for her words with an expression of painful interest on his handsome face there now i'm close to your heart it's this my dearest one i can only be a dead weight round your neck through the years to come i can never help your ambitions and hopes and achievements now i can only listen and love to hear and glory in them but but it isn't fair to you it's blotting your life at the very outset of it i could only be such an encumbrance now she waited a moment but he did not speak then with trembling haste to get the words spoken and finished she hurried on so i release you i must say it it is right and just i should only right and just if if you want your dulcie now you must ask her all over again she put one little hand over the arm round her waist as if to hold it there and smiled at him but m gada did not kiss the scarred upturned face he glanced from it away to the fountain before him a gleam of rainbow flashed in it and liberty seemed shadowed there beckoning to do him justice he felt the position acutely the girl herself he reflected now saw the difficulty too though her stupid parents were unable to do so of course the love of a father and mother is so different to them doubtless she was as beautiful as ever then he spoke he failed to make a neat job of it but he succeeded in rendering his meaning clear so clear that presently he had to dip his scented silk handkerchief in the fountain and bathe dulcie's forehead then he led her in 
to her mother and rode away suffering considerably end of section 15 recording by harshita